we need a new word for it than lockout? Well, I'm still trying to figure out what the lockout is. Yeah, I was like, I just heard about this and it sucks. What is going on, baseball fans? My name is Jack, joined here by Lorenzo, and it feels like a funeral. It's not raining out, <laughs> but there's a lot of wetness in my te- in my eye ducts. In your eye ducts? I, I yes. like that. Jack, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, I'm doing okay. I, I, okay, I like it. We're in a spot of this phase two of mourning. I actually don't know what the phases are. I'm just going to make up my own. Are there seven or five? I think there's five. Five? That's a lot of morning. Or is that, that could be days in a work week, I'm thinking of. But Not I'm just going to make up my own. The, <laughs> the phases of morning for MLB, that's, that's a good joke. Phases of morning for MLB. Phase one, me sad. Phase two, <laughs> I just don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know because what to feel. <laughs> the hope that we got a couple days ago is gone. And nothing's really changed. We can talk about that more. But I don't like how there's no, there's nothing to look forward to oh. right now. And that is really sad because it doesn't feel like baseball season's around the corner. It feels like on to 2023, which I don't love because we do baseball on Dude, internet. Yeah, it's not ideal. Um, This is a bold, a bold move for you, too, or a tough move. Bold probably the wrong word. Because right. you've mentioned before, you live your life in anticipation. And I do. There is no anticipation. We're just in a lull. Yes. Um, uh, For sure, yeah. I don't even... I was going to try to say that word you said, but I'm scared I'm going to say it wrong. I think I said it wrong, too. So at this I think point, you said I... lull as in the city. Might be, and I don't know if you're just giving away your location, right? <laughs> you or we're be, in a lull. I'm not you, sure. Lull, that's what you say, dude. I'm so bad with words sometimes. Words are hard, mm. man. I know you've never gotten a wordle right. Yeah, hey, don't spread that information. <laughs> you think my word? You think after playing every day, you'd get one right? You would think the biggest miss of the past like two days is Bob Nightingale or Jeff Passan not tweeting out their Wordle results when oh, every so person funny. in the world had their notifications on. That would have been gonna, so funny. I'm going to sound ignorant right now, but I've never actually played Wordle. I don't really know all the details about it. Um, do you do people type out their thing when they share it, or is there an option? I think in it's like an app. auto share. I've never okay. done it, but I think like, it's there's just... no way people are using those emojis and like doing that themselves. Yellow, yellow, green. <laughs> yeah, it's like no one's doing that, right? <laughs> no, I don't think. I think you just press share and it happens immediately. Gotcha. But if you guys want to hear more about our Wordle intelligence, go to Patreon.com. Thank you to all the patrons who are supporting this episode of the podcast. You can go to Patreon right now, get an extra episode of the podcast every single week, access to a baseball exclusive Discord server, and just information on what me and Jack have been up to. A lot yeah. of fun stuff. And if you want to hear more about my balls, go to manscaped.com and use code eyes for 20% off the lawnmower 4.0 package, and you'll get yourself free shipping. Thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring the episode. More from them later. Yes, thank you. We got to talk about this lockout, man, or the never-ending lockout. I feel like we need a new word for it than lockout. Well, I'm still trying to figure out what the lockout is. Yeah, I was like— I just heard about this, and it sucks. I had my draft of they found the key tweet ready for so long, and I never got to send it. I have heard people say lockdown, which Ooh. I think is pretty embarrassing. Lockdown's tough. It's got to you got to know it's a lockout at this point. We're on yeah. day ninety-one. Well, to be fair, in twenty twenty we got a lockdown. Twenty twenty-two we get. Is it twenty twenty-two? It's twenty twenty-two. Saying it out loud feels weird, right? Yeah, I think I'm forty-five years old. So 
You look it. I, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> check in on my kids. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, and then in 2022 we get a lockout. So it's just a lot of locking. It's it's so upsetting that we're here talking about baseball games being canceled because in yeah. like three weeks we should have our first like oh guys baseball's here we should be doing our division previews right now we should right. be I should crazy? be doing it is crazy I should be doing my yearly fantasy baseball draft of the team that I never look at again <laughs> I just draft yeah. and leave it I should be doing that and instead we're here still talking about. Rob Manfred and Dan Halem and statements and press conferences and a bunch of stuff that I really don't care about no matter how hard I try to care about it. I just don't. It's ridiculous yeah. where we are right now. I think that's the word. Like, I want to make jokes about it, which I will because it's fun to make jokes about it. But mm-hmm. isn't it pretty insane that the player who MLB has done the or the person MLB has done the best job of promoting in the past five years of its sports is Dan Halem walking back and forth through meetings. Yeah. That's the person people. Pro- I bet today people know Dan Halem over like your average shortstop in the game, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, uh, where do we want to jump in? I think we jump in with MLB has officially announced they're canceling the first two series of the season. I yeah. think we talk about that how we're feeling, and just, like, how that overlooks everything. Because I think that's a summation of the point we've gotten to. Yeah, so a a lot of weird stuff happened where MLB kind of, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just going to say it because we make bold claims. This is the show of hot takes and hotter boys. Hot takes and hot boys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's my new saying. (laughs) They kind of duped us. MLB kind of duped the fans to put pressure on the players to accept this deadline offer that – was never really a good fake offer. Fake deadline. Yeah, so fake deadline. They pushed it back, and then nothing got done. So where we are now is Manfred came out there with a smile and ass and said, first two series are canceled. And that's kind of where we are without any hope. I'm, I'm hoping some stuff comes out soon. It probably has by the time you're listening to this because we're recording this in 2020. Um, <laughs> I hope something emerges. But right now we're just kind of in the – all we can talk about is – how we're just sad i think isn't it pretty ridiculous that i we're gonna have a lot of critiques of the owners because i i'm pro player just up front and i hope you guys are too um but isn't it pretty ridiculous that coming to announce that you're canceling games you come out smiling at the press conference I, i know it's a little detail and maybe i'm reading too much into it but isn't that a terrible look you're coming to announce Maybe the saddest day baseball has had in a while. It's like a really bad day for the sport. Like, by far yeah. the worst that we've been a part of. And your opening look, like, the first appearance you give to public, you give to the reporters, everybody's watching you. And your first look is you're smiling. That's such a bad look. Yeah, I think it's the worst Manfred's looked. People give him a lot of, like, crap, and rightfully so, but I think that is really – there's no positive spin for that. That is the exact summation of how little the owners have a feel for their sport. Like, they don't understand the pulse of their sport. They just look at it like money, like an investment. They don't get that, like, the fans of your sport, the people who were staying up till 4 a.m. on an arbitrary deadline that you set on a Wednesday or Monday in March were staying up to watch Bob Nightingale tweet about a guy walking back and forth from the parking lot. Hundreds Mm -hmm. of thousands of people are dialed into this who cares that much about your sport that you're going to cancel over money terms that you could very easily settle 
in an $11 billion business. You guys are talking about $2 million here and there. And your intro to, hey, guys, we can't get a deal, is you're just laughing and gucking it up. Like, what are we doing? It's it's a horrible look. And that really just launches us into this no man's land of what is going to happen because we have no details on the next deal coming. Hope I like right now what? It's hopefully it happens. Hopefully we don't miss the whole season. It's what's really upset upsetting to me is how little like the fans have been like not to be that guy like think about the fans, think about the children, mm-hmm. but how little the fans yeah. have Ch- Ch- screw the children. Yeah, screw the children. <laughs> but really like the fans have not been a center of this lockout once. And what really right. set me off, I think I told you before we hopped on the mic, my blood has been boiling. And I've gone through several of the phases of grief as well. Mm -hmm. But really set me to anger is hearing Rob Manfred in his press conference not only, like, just, like, not tell the truth, but also just say, we negotiated for the fans. We wanted expanded playoffs for the fans. When that is such a clear, like, lie that it's clearly for the owners to make more money. And that the he's saying we negotiated for the fans – when the owners initiated the lockout, the owners didn't negotiate for 40 days. The owners are the one canceling games. The people, the fans want to watch your baseball game that you're canceling. You're actively taking a product that people are demanding. And you're saying, no, we're not going to give it to you. And then you have the audacity to say, we're doing this for you. It's just like treating us like we're idiots or treating your fans and your customers like – they have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I, I agree. I think to a certain extent, both sides have used the fans as of a, course. a bargaining chip. And that's where it gets kind of weird. And I, I guess a take I'm developing, because I'm pro player t- for the most part too. But a take I'm developing, and I don't. this isn't my take yet. It's in the workshop. So take this with a grain of salt and pepper. I think... It's in the take shop. Yes. I think this, the labor stuff, I don't like how it's public. I really. It's so stupid. When you look at all this stuff and Twitter, we talked about Twitter was on fire. It wasn't really, it wasn't fans. It was people who had, or baseball is a part of how they make money. Yeah. So I think this is all money stuff. This isn't about the fans of the sport. This isn't about the sport. I'm sure to the owners, some owners love it, and players obviously love the sport and want to keep that growing, and that's a big part of it. But it's ultimately about the big issues are all about money. The fan, that doesn't matter to the fan. I think Not having this, having all this stuff come out into the public, you're, you're just using the fans as bargaining chips, but the fans don't get anything from that. Like, I, it might be better for the sport. Like, who cares if you miss games, but don't have it be months of like labor negotiations i think that is worse than just having it all locked up and say all right baseball's back some weird stuff happened but fans just want to watch the sport unless you're involved in the baseball industry you don't care about that 4 a.m deadline on twitter i had somebody say i saw maybe it was a tweet i I forget where i saw it but it, it sparked the take for me i had somebody like react to it and says all everything that happens on Twitter is either pro owner or pro player. Nobody's pro fan. And something that I thought about is baseball really demands a lot from its fans. It does 162 games. 
three and a half hours every single night. Like, you have to be invested. You have to care. And it, it demands a lot from you. Like, there are issues fundamentally sometimes with the game. You get these lockouts. In 2020, we had a work stoppage. Now we have a, a lockout. Like, it demands. The game asks a lot from you. And it doesn't really give a whole lot to you. And no. that is the core issue of this. Players deserve to get paid more. Owners, in my opinion, should raise the CBT. They should raise the minimum. They should do everything I think the players are asking for financially is the bare minimum that they should do. But at the end of the day, this lockout hasn't been about improving the game. It hasn't. And the players, I respect what the players are fighting for because they deserve the money. But when it's all said and done, the fans are just the ones who are getting completely screwed over. Yeah. It, like even just, I think t- my TikTok videos ad are a great way to look at that in a weird way because we we go out and talk about the labor negotiations for the last three months, but there's no content there because no one cares. The fans don't care. The only fun stuff is, oh, Universal DH, yeah. expanded playoffs. That's the fun On stuff. On the field stuff. And that is all the, that stuff is just being used as bargaining chips and some nice like, oh, we'll give you this, we'll give you this. But really, that's not what anything's about. It's all about how they want to raise this by a million, give the players this hundred thousand more it's so stupid that on the at 4 a.m on the 16th hour of a work day oh quick side ramp by the way hey manfred maybe don't flex the fact that you guys work the 16 hour day because you had 40 days off of doing absolutely yeah. nothing yeah. so you worked 16 hours over 40 days if you were just smart and divided that up you could have worked less than an hour every single day if you really wanted to so don't Way less come, according yeah. to my math that's just like a kid who has a paper due and waits four months to write it on the last day and then says, I worked yeah. so hard. It's like you put yourself in this situation and you still negotiated in bad faith. It wasn't until 4 a.m. on Monday night that we got people, hey, maybe we should ban the shift. Maybe we should do this. We started talking about the physical product of the game instead yeah. of you guys trying to save $2 million here and $2 million there when Steve Cohen's net value is $13 billion and we're talking about $2 million of bonus monies for each team if you divide it up across 30 teams. That's what we're talking about instead of – and it wait, takes till the 16th hour of a workday that they'll let you know they worked really hard on to talk about, hey, maybe we should have a pitch clock. Maybe we should have band yeah. a shift. And the fans, meanwhile, are stuck here – who want to watch your effing game are stuck here sitting going, oh, I, I guess we, nobody cares about us. It's it's all about the owner saving a couple million bucks here and there. Yeah, I, I'm so – like I'm just over it, which is – even that's boring because for a little bit, even though it sucked, it was kind of fun. Like, it was it, a little entertaining switch. in like December because what else do yeah. you talk about? It's like, oh, it's something new. Hopefully baseball turns back. And now it's just, okay, by mid-March – we need to be doing fun things or it that just sucks for us. Uh, we're just being like selfish right now. I want to see baseball. Isn't it ridiculous how like the number one rule of having a product is making it available for people who want it. Mm-hmm. And baseball just sucks at that, dude. They don't know how to market their players. We have stupid blackout restrictions on you. You want to watch your team? Go eat a bug. You pay mm-hmm. a bunch of money for MLB TV, which is the trending topic right now. Cancel MLB TV. That's great for the sport. Let's talk. Yeah. Good job, man. For that's what we're talking about. They make it so hard to watch a sport that doesn't really give 
the fans enough in general anyways. And then people are like, I don't think baseball is dying. I think baseball is on the up and up. I think it has momentum despite how badly Manfred and the owners are trying to stop that. And that's what, like, I don't want to be like, hey, guys, baseball is dying. It's a terrible sport. It's not. It's a great no. sport. It's awesome. But Manfred and, like, what they're doing right now is just such a momentum killer. Like, I think they can get the momentum back. Like, everyone's saying, I'm not going to watch baseball. You will. When it comes back, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're the people staying up till 4 a.m., on Twitter, you're not the people we have to worry about. Like, yeah. you guys are going to watch the game. We're going to watch the game. No matter how much we complain about it, we're going to still get sucked back into it because we love it. It's the people who kind of just scroll for their TV and, like, casually look at it. They're like, oh, what's happening here? And your headline is baseball cancels games over money. Yeah. And that's, like, the casual person who reads the five-second headline, those are the people who are like, okay, I'm not watching that sport. Right. And even though the millionaires versus billionaires thing isn't, like, that's not the truth, that it's is the what, headline. That's the headline, and that's what everyone will think. And you it can't is. get away it, from that because baseball is it's such a worldwide or nationwide famous thing and it makes a lot of money. So you just you have to get the product back and you have to that's why I think having all this stuff in the public it helps both sides because you have to like the the fans are the leverage kind to the whole product. I but agree. When you when it's just out in the public it's like I don't want to see this on the TV. I want to see Mike Trout playing. Facts and it shouldn't you're so right. Um having these negotiations public is so bad for the sport it's not good like we shouldn't know how much money they're off of on pre-arbitration bonuses stop talking about that stop like if you're the owners keep it out of the media like why are you putting it into the media because all you're doing is you're trying to rip your players down yeah when you are negotiating in public or when you release these stories you're anti-player the players who you want your fans to be invested in, you're saying are greedy and aren't willing to work with you guys. You're basically actively trying to pin fans against players when at the end of the day, fans root for players. They don't root for owners. Yeah. And like having these negotiations in public is just such a bad like look for somebody who's just casually like not deeply invested in. They're like, oh, why? This is, looks terrible. They're fighting over $25,000. Yeah. I mean, also now we're at the point where active players like Strowman and Matzik and um, other people are just like publicly clowning Manfred. And they should. Man clown even. And that's not a great, I don't think that's good. It's not, they should, but it's still not good. Players clowning the league and league like make like saying players aren't doing this is bad. That's like having your sport look so divided and so like, for lack of a better word, silly. On the internet, like you guys really, you guys are missing games. Like if I was a casual person and I wasn't fully invested and baseball didn't cancel a game, none of what has happened the past 40 days would matter because opening days there and people are like, oh, you know, they had labor negotiations. They figured it out. But instead what we're getting is MLB setting an arbitrary deadline. By the way, them canceling the first two seasons is just another example of them trying to leverage the players into looking bad to the public because mm-hmm. what's going to happen is every day we miss or every week we miss basically two more series of games are going to get canceled because that's what the owners are doing so instead of saying hey we're canceling the first month what they're going to do is they're going to keep making these offers to the players that aren't good offers until and then every time they're going to release a statement players didn't accept our offer six more games are canceled and that's kind of how it's going to go yeah. they just continue to put the blame on them 
the players and not the owners. Yeah, and we're in that cycling rotation where it's kind of gets scary of when does that end? I'm assuming both sides kind of have a point where they would someone would have to cave on either side, but who like who knows? Hopefully, Passin had a really good. Passin had a really good uh, insight onto this. I read his article, and uh, he noted that a hundred and if the owners play a hundred and forty games, then they don't have to pay any or give any money back to TV networks like Fox mm-hmm. or TNT or something because the, their contract is a hundred and forty game contract with major TV networks. Not 162. Same with regional networks like Nessin or Yes Network or whatever network your team is plays on. Like so, 140 game is their contract. Once they start like play less than 140 games, they have to start giving money back to TV networks and stuff. So realistically, 22 games that like the owners have 22 games to work with that they can cancel and they won't lose any money, and they'll probably actually make more money because they're gonna get expanded playoffs. And Manfred already said they're not going to pay the player's salary, which is just a whole other thing to add to the negotiations because then you know that's going to be a topic of conversation. Like, hey, yeah. you got to pay us for missed games and stuff. So 140 is what the owners are looking for. Yeah. It, and it, that kind of works out too because I think that's what I'd like the season to be shortened down to and probably what they want to. Which so, is fine when it's not like we're canceling right, games. Yeah. If it's like a 140-game schedule, it's fine. But just agree on that. Don't cancel games. Yeah, I, they might miss a little bit more this season because things could get real bad and they just, MLB does have to lose some money, which will make things worse. But I think around 140, maybe starting like May 1st, I think that's what we're going to get. I think that's best case scenario right now. <clears throat> yeah. Because like we're not getting April baseball. It's just not no. happening. Like once they, I I always said it. If they miss the game, it's missing a month. Like because once you miss one game, now the sides are kind of like in a like a BDE concept contest. Right. Like who has well, who's gonna who's gonna flinch first? Because if you're the players, you can't flinch at the first sign of them canceling games because they're not gonna give you their best offer until their money's at jeopardy, and their money's not gonna be je- at jeopardy till May first. Yeah, I think. April 23rd-ish is when is the earliest we could hope for. And the what's so frustrating about uh, Major League Baseball and just the way Rob Manfred carried himself in his press conference, which is hire somebody else to do press conferences. Like, he's so bad at it. He's really bad. It's so bad, man. He always gives the worst <laughs> answers. Um, but what the way that Rob Manfred carried himself is somebody asked an amazing question. They said, if... If this was your not your best and final offer, why would the players accept it when they're going to get a better offer down the road? Right. He just didn't have an answer for it. And it's so true. And I think it sums up how these, like, negotiations have gone the past, like, month and a half and why you should be so upset if you're a baseball fan is that nobody has really taken this – or the players have, but the owners haven't taken this, like, a serious matter. Like, they're laughing. Like, literally laughing at it because they're fine. That's that's the issue. Yeah, I mean, I think now hopefully everyone can see – this is all in the open now. But all this waiting and all these headlines, they're all just tactics, which I think a lot of people who have seen negotiation deals and labor disputes like this before kind of realize. But if you get caught up in every headline, it's really hard to avoid that false hope and stuff like that, which is completely understandable. But this is all – like. People are smart. The people arguing, both sides are very smart. So kind of goes back to the fans being used as like these little battleships. and Like they're yeah. the ones getting hurt. But this is all 
predetermined. Like they, that's why he's going out there laughing. Yeah, they we're gonna miss it. opening day. Yeah, we've known that since December, probably. Yeah, it's like Rob Manfred had this day planned out in when they initiated the lockout. Yeah, we are. Everyone already knew it, and you're so right. It's like that's what frustrates me. Stop trying to lead your fans. Stop trying to win over public perception. It's, it's so annoying. It's like maybe just focus on making your product better or actually getting a deal done instead of trying to make the public like and thank god that people have like smartened up enough that like these tweets and stuff don't work like i i bought into it for a little bit with like the nightingale tweets and stuff like i was into it but like thank god that people can like see through that act now and they're not being because i feel like during the covid thing maybe it's because people weren't used to the negotiations as much it was easier to swing the public in your favor or whatever right but People have, like, smartened up to it now, and having players have social media accounts are huge that they can be like, hey, this is a lie. That's not true. It's like, thank God, but stop trying to manipulate your fans and just try to, like, make them have a good product for one or give them a good product that they can actually, like, enjoy. Yeah, it's really unfortunate to see, especially as – because we're so inside of it. But even when – like, when I talk to, like, my mom or something, it's just – and I think this is the general thing everyone's thinking. Like, oh, it's two rich people, but fighting, and I don't get to watch the Red Sox. Like, that's it, what it is. Headlines. Headlines yeah. are key. That's That always is the thing. I always try to compare, like, whenever I get too invested in the baseball or anything like that, I always try to find something that I'm not invested to. And the NBA is a good example. Like, I don't watch basketball that much. Right. I only read the headlines. And that's how people read baseball. It's like whatever you Google MLB. The first couple headlines is what 90, 90% of the people who, like, w- see baseball stuff think about it. The 10% who are completely invested, the people we love and the people who, like, live and breathe this stuff, they – that doesn't really matter on how public perception sees the sport. And I do want to talk kind of about the bigger picture of the sport. But first, I think we should talk about my balls, Jack. Let's talk about your balls. Uh-oh, it's ad time. Splish splash, I was taking a bath and I noticed I have beautiful balls. That is what I say to myself <laughs> every morning because our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist hygiene, are turning men's shower dreams into their favorite routine with the all-new Ultra Premium Collection. This all-in-one hygiene skin and hair bundle is designed Ooh. to upgrade the everyday man shower routine from head to toe. And I have a lot of toes, as you know. Your skin, hair, and balls deserve this. Save big by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code ICE. Guys, it's winter time, and all of our skin gets really dry. So lather on some new cologne infused with the Ultra Premium Collection. Body wash with aloe vera for people to get sunburned easy. That's only the application of aloe vera, obviously. Sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean and moisturized all day. I'm not sure if you guys heard me correctly there, but this body wash is cologne infused, so that special someone in your life will absolutely love it. I'm talking to you, Jack. I know you'll love it. And that's step one. After step one, obviously, it's step two. Hair care time. Apply the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner that cleanses and nourishes in one step. The non-greasy formula has a base of coconut water, green tea, aloe, turmeric, and sage, or as I call it, saggy. Apply this to your armpits and pubic region as well. And now it's time to get out of the shower. Use a big old hop. Don't you just walk. Hop out of that shower. Protect yourself from body odor, which I do suffer from. I'm a sweaty boy. By applying on the Manscaped aluminum-free Deodorant. Deodorant dries and is also cologne-infused, guys. Step four, have tattoos of dry skin? Let's hit your skin with a hydrating body moisturizer spray. 
Ooh, I love a good spray. You know, it's much better than like a stick or something. I like a right. good spray. Right. Also, make sure to apply the Manscaped Lip Balm. You're a big lip balm guy, Jack. This is a free gift when you purchase the Ultra Premium Collection. That's right. Free gifts, guys. And, of course, last but not least, you got to use the Lawnmower 4.0 to clean off any unwanted body hair. Mm. It's, it is waterproof, so you bet it's a major key to the new shower routine. Guys, you got to use this Elite Trimmer to shave off any loose hair on that skin of yours. Although your balls not might not look like punching bags, don't treat them like one. Make sure you take care of it, guys. Thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Go to manscaped.com slash we get ice. 20% manscaped.com. Is it just manscaped.com? Did I say slash we get ice? That's not true. Manscaped.com. Use code ice at checkout. 20% off plus free shipping. That's manscaped.com. Promo code ice. 20% off free shipping. Thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. To start off the second half of the show, I'd like to read uh, Mike Trout's latest Instagram post. He doesn't post that much, so this is Mike monumentous. Mike Trout posted on Instagram? Yeah, and he, he got into it. And first, Ooh, lockout-related? Yeah. And oh, in my, okay, go for it. In my head, he's like pro-owner for some reason. <laughs> Dude, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he said this. I want to play. I love our game, but I know we need to get the CBA right. Instead of bargaining in good faith, MLB locked us out. Instead of negotiating a fair deal, Rob canceled games. Rob. First wow. Name. If Mike Trout calls you by your first name, you're in trouble. Yeah. Players stand together for our game, for our fans, and for every player who comes after us. We owe it to the next generation. I have a couple questions. Was it just a text post? Was, like, What was the background on the text? So he yeah it was a, it was just text but okay, kind of move. arranged in as if it was like a poem like it wasn't straight okay. just like he wrote it in the notes app and he used this kind of it's like a stone texturized background mm, powerful stones are powerful I like Look, that very poemish like amateur okay. poem I like that very raw no no added fluff to it just straight facts yeah stone cold facts that's why you yes. use the stone as the background yes calling him Rob is very funny to me. Yeah, he it's said, so- MLB locked us out. Rob negotiated not in good faith. Like, it, he's really – he did pull punches, which I think that's kind of important for the, the face of the game. I agree. And kind of building off that, so I have a couple big questions I want to propose and talk about a little bit. But but first off, I do want to say I have reached this weird point, and it's, it's weird. I talked about this with you off air, and I know you kind of agreed with it, is – MLB has put me in a point now where I'm, like, rooting. I'm rooting for the players to get what they deserve. But the ways that they operate, it makes you, like, root for the players to sign a deal. Yes. Just so you can get the game. That's the way they, like, they frame it. And even me, like, sometimes I fall for it just for a second or two. Like, I catch myself slipping. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, sign the deal so I can watch baseball. And that's how they want you to feel. But seeing how, like, unionized the union is, which is a good thing because baseball – the players need to be paid fairly, and people need to want to play baseball if you're an athlete for the sport to grow. Like we saw it with Kyler Murray. Like there needs to be a financial benefit for players to come to the sport to get the best athletes in 10 years to want to play the sport. So what the players are fighting for does affect the game. It yeah. does. It's not just money on the field. It's like if you're a top prospect in whatever sport you are, you need. if MLB doesn't pay you a living wage, you can't play the sport. Yeah. So I do think that. So do you think that the union is actually going to break or do you think that they're going to like, hold, hold the line for a while? I'm super impressed with how unionized they've been. It's been crazy impressive. Yeah, and people don't want to hear this and it's upsetting, but I really think the only way the union can make any ground and win just because 
the power position they're in, owners have, they pay them. They, you know, they have the power. I, I think the players have to be willing to miss an incredible amount of games or they will, no matter what, get the worst deal. Which sucks because then the fans will just be like, just sign the deal, I want to watch the game. But the players, they and they probably know, I don't know if they'll stay unionized through all of this, if they have to miss the entire season, that might be the only way they can get leverage back. 100%. The only way the players will have le- – at the end of the day, it's who has the bigger wallet. And the only things baseball owners care about is their wallet. They don't yeah. care about fans. They care about – at the end of the day, January 1st, they look at their tax return. How much money did I make off X? That's all they care about. And the only way to get their attention or for them to take you seriously is to hurt their wallet. And the only way to do that is realistically to start making them lose money from TV networks and put their precious playoffs at risk. That's how you affect them uh, them potentially losing money. That's that's the way they, they operate. So I'm rooting – I mean, again, baseball – MLB does a great job of putting fans in a weird position because I'm rooting for the players to get a good deal – but in turn, that's rooting against games. And that shouldn't be how it is, but it is. That's the way they propose it. That's why they canceled games the way that they did. They canceled six instead of the month because what they're saying is the more you root for the players to not accept our offers, the more you're rooting against baseball games. And it's it's a manipulative but genius way to put it. Yeah, and I I mean you talked this about this a little bit before, but they made this plan and then – you literally started seeing people falling for it instantly on Twitter saying, yeah, 100%. like, TBH, I think the owners kind of have my vote. I think the players just got to sign the deal now. And it's like, yeah, that's the only thing the players can do is wait. They just got to wait, 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 because the owners, yeah, they they don't care right now. I think we even fell for it for a couple minutes there. It's like, it's so easy to be like, well, you know, the players could move here and there. and But then if you look at it and, like, you see the raw offer – you really realize that the, the owners are still just trying to completely F the players in every way imaginable. Like, the yeah. fact that they showed up on their, like, best and final offer adding, like, whole other segments that have never been negotiated before, which they did, is so clear is that, hey, we're just – we don't want you to accept this offer. We yeah. just want you to get publicly backlashed for not accepting it. Right. And the deeper we talk about this, the more confusing it gets. That's why we're not in the new negotiation room. But I think, like, we can offer – we followed it closely, so we have a little bit of insight. But also, we just have that kind of fan perspective of, like, no one knows. Even well, the stuff we're getting fed by the by the Twitter and reporters and stuff, it's that's all just what – Yeah, that's what they want people to see. Like, we don't really know what's going to happen. We don't know what's – that's why I think the lockout, when it's about to end, we won't know. That whole, like, oh, it's midnight. Bingo. People are saying the deal's happening. That means it's not good. That means that's a negotiation tactic. If like the lockout could be over right now and it would get announced like in two days. I think that's what we're waiting for. Here's you put that perfectly. A great sign of progress is silence because mm-hmm. you have to think about it. The only people in the room are the PA and MLB. Like those are the only people discussing it. So if people on the internet have details of the offer, it's either coming from MLB or the PA. Yeah. And why would they be telling them that unless they want leverage? You don't – otherwise, you shouldn't be sharing the details. The more we get, the worst – like, or the least less likely it is you're getting an actual contract update 
because people were just leaking out information to leverage the other side to accept the offer that they made instead of actually negotiating about what they're offering. So when we do get a deal, we won't know it. It'll be dead silent for like 12 hours. You'll get one tweet from Passin like, MOB and MOBPA have made significant progress on a deal. And then an hour later, it'll be like, breaking news, the lockout's over. That's how it should be instead of – it's not to use the term because they kind of have a bad connotation. There's so much like fake news about what's happening with the lockout on both sides. Like you see so many reporters like this happened, this happened, and none of us actually know what's going on. It's just like, yeah. oh, try to sift through and find little tidbits of truth in these reports. Like hopefully they're not trying to leverage me to think this way. Yeah, we're in a, we're in a rough spot. Why are we talking about this is what's pissing me off. It's like why do we – baseball is so – oh, this is the question I wanted to ask you. So I've seen a lot of people say like this is like detrimental or like this is mm-hmm. like the day baseball has like – is going to die or like the day that baseball is looking back. Like this is really bad for the sport. They can't recover. I think Jeff Passan used the term irreversible damage. Mm-hmm. was like the quote that went kind of viral. What's your take on that? How bad do you think this is? Good band name. Irreversible Damage is a heavy metal band that rocks. Yeah, really. Or like... Or a, an indie band. Yeah, that's like indie. Trauma. That's like the joke, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, I've, I've claimed it, by the way. So listeners might get suck a, it. Might get a t-shirt that says Irreversible. Ooh, that's yeah. a great... You know how you like funny baseball t-shirts? Yeah. Just irreversible Damage. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've sustained Irreversible Damage. <laughs> <laughs> the lockout has given me Irreversible Damage. Yeah. Um, what was the question? Oh, oh. I think that's dramatic. I, I don't think so. I think I if too. the lockout ended tomorrow, no one would care. And once baseball games are being played, that's all people care about. Because as I said before, all the labor stuff, no one cares. No one cares either way. Even if Agreed. the players if the players got screwed or the owners got heavily screwed, no one cares as long as there's baseball. To me, I don't care. Like I, I, I want players to get paid right, but I just want to watch baseball. Yeah. What I'm going to be really looking into, because I think people get sucked into the money, it's like, the fans, we're not getting any of this money. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the guys. So, <laughs> I think the real thing I'm going to be interested to see is the rule changes, because those seem to be getting swept under the rug, but that is what's going to help the game grow, because baseball is I such agree. an old sport that it, it can sustain a lot of damage, irreversible damage, and still be fine, because it has those legs to, to stand on. It has such a firm foundation by being 150 years old of playing pro baseball but i think it's because it's so old it needs to do things to get younger the money doesn't change that the stuff that changes that is universal dh shortening the season stuff like that that will keep the sport making money for the owners so then the game can grow and all that stuff so i think that is more important than missing two series like that's just Agreed. I think fans are getting roped into the two sides arguing about money where I'm I'm spending money on opening day. I'm not making any. Which should have been the if you're the owners, again, 11 billion dollar Rob Manfred. The last 5 years have not been profitable for MLB. 2019 was the most profitable year ever in the history of baseball. It's an 11 billion dollar industry. Owners don't own teams if they don't make them money. So don't buy yeah. that BS either. That's so true. The owners should have been willing to give money for on-field changes because if you have a critique of players, baseball players, it would be that they're a little bit reluctant to change. And no duh they're reluctant to change because they've played a game their whole life and that's their job. So a change could affect how they do their job. So it makes sense. So what the owner should have been doing is saying, hey, we will raise the minimum salary. In return, we need a pitch clock. 
That should have been the negotiating. We're going to ban the shift. In return, we will raise the CBT. You give us on-field changes, we give you money. Everyone's happy, and the game gets better. My big takeaway on, like, is this going to damage the sport? Long-term, no. I don't think so, unless, like, we miss a whole year. I don't yeah. think so. I think it could, depending I on could, what yes. happens in the future. But right, if as long as we get games this season, I think we'll be fine. How I view it is... I view it as kind of like traffic on a road trip. I think it just kills your momentum is what Mm -hmm. it's doing. I think baseball has built up momentum. 2020 was tough, but I think that there's been positive change in the game. It's like a palpable feeling. And the narrative around baseball the past like 10 years has been baseball's dying. It's too slow. It's too old. The sport will die eventually. It's not good. That's been like the narrative of like your boomer sports talk radio random guy at the grocery store conversation i think this just continues to fuel that narrative and it doesn't change it but i don't think it helps it at all whereas i think if you continued to build this positive momentum that you had last year maybe you could have started to tap into the public reception of that uh, that narrative changing i think it just slows up your momentum of people realizing that's not actually true It's just how people feel about the game. All you're doing is adding, giving those people and that narrative fuel. Right. I agree. Those are great points. I have another take brewing. Ooh. I like that use of the word. Yeah. Marinating even. The people who say baseball is dying, are those – I think the only people who say that are baseball fans. I think the people who say that are – Baseball, older baseball fans who lived during like the 1990s, early 2000s when baseball was at its peak during the steroid era. Right. And those people have a big audience. Like I saw um, I saw on ESPN earlier somebody – I forget whose name was. It was like an analyst. He was – sorry. It slips my mind. He was like – I don't know. He's been around for a while and he was arguing for the owners. He was saying players are selfish and the game, blah, blah, blah. The game's dying because of the players and that's like a genuine narrative. Like we're yeah. in, I feel like we're in our own bubble on this one because people on Twitter or like people we see are probably a little bit smarter if you're a younger fan. But there's like a large section of baseball fans who just are like – are told baseball is dying and baseball is in a bad spot and that the players are like this, this, and this. And they believe it because that's all they hear. Yeah. I, I mean I guess I'm thinking about it in a more just like – momentum base like what is the vibe um like say if you go on the internet about baseball i think the people who say bad things about baseball and say a oh, baseball's dying football's better i think those like yeah because you're a football fan yeah all those those people are like not worth the time i always view it as the casual people who just hear like the general narrative like if you get a five minute you're in your car you and you listen to someone talk about baseball for five or ten minutes like what's or you see a headline or two like what's the positive or negative like what is the general feeling about baseball and i felt like last year it was largely positive besides the spider attack scandal which i still think was positive because he got more people interested in what was going on um but like you're hearing about players rather than like stupid stuff like the pace of play like how many articles did we get on pace of play last year like zero but we got a lot of articles about how good Shohei Otani was. Right. Yeah, I think I don't really like the the scandal argument as like being bad for I don't the game either. because I mean, I don't 100% agree with like all press is good press, 
But I th- standals are a part of baseball. Like, going back to the Black Sox standal. Yeah, for sure. All that stuff. Like, that's what baseball is. And all sports have their scandals. Like, you have, right. like, the NFL has their, like, scandals with, like, the flake gate or whatever else. Right. It's pretty common. Ba- baseball has had a good amount of ones. Like, the past three years have been... A lot of scandals. Pretty wild. <laughs> like, Astros, spider Tech. You got the 2020 negotiations. Now these negotiations. It's It's been a little interesting. Steroid stuff is always going on. But that happens in every sport, and I, I think that just brings eyes to this game. And that's when you say, hey, also Shoyo Tani's cool now that you're here. Well, bringing eyes to the game works when there's a game. Right. That's why the scandals are good, because yeah. people can watch something. Scandals aren't good, or lockouts aren't good, when you're bringing eyes to Dan effing Halem yeah. and Rob Manfred. That's when people say, if I was a, if I was a casual baseball fan yesterday, I would have turned on my TV— Flipped Rob Manfred off and shut it off. Yeah. That's what I, I would have been like. I'm not watching this. Let me know when there's a game. That's what I would have done because he was just like, okay, this is stupid. That's how I would have felt. But you're right. Scandals are good for the game. Like a spider attack. I think the Astro scandal was a bit more of um, a black mark on the sport than like the spider attack was because spider attack was everybody. Whereas right. Astros was just, like, one team that, like, did a lot of bad things or, like, cheated. So people could be like, okay, this is just not fair. Whereas if everybody's using spider attack, then it's no longer not fair. It's like everyone has the same advantage. So mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit different. I think spider attack was probably less damaging than the Astros thing was. But, again, I do kind of believe all press about your game is good press. <laughs> yeah. It, you said it perfectly. When there's a game being played, yeah, you want – people to it's like talk about it all day put it on espn (laughs) yeah it's like pr stunts like if mike trout goes out and like fakes a car crash and it's like i'm alive by the way i have a game tonight that would be smart maybe not moral but you know that's smart but if he fakes a car crash and then says hey tune into my game show appearance on nbc then baseball's not growing that was a bad analogy yeah it was weird analogy (laughs) i let it slide it's just so frustrating to see man that's my word frustrated upset angry yeah like even just thinking about this podcast i'm upset at it like i don't want to do this this i hate this by the way i hate what we've had to talk about for the past 45 minutes this is not and sometimes we'll say that like oh we hate talking about this but we love it like the spider tech episodes were two of my favorite episodes we did oh yeah by far and we're like this is bad we we want to be talking about tony not spider tech no we want to be talking about spider no we we, we're dirty little liars yeah (laughs) this is genuinely i just like this sucks because I don't want to – like, we need baseball. We need it. I, I pride ourselves on being positive people and, like, yeah. optimistic people and bringing – I don't know. I, I know it's probably dumb and, you know, the game fuels the creator. But think about, like, all the people who, like, are – who like whether it's, like, you listen to a, a, a somebody do a YouTube video or watch your favorite baseball creator talk about baseball. And it inspired me and it inspired us to watch people talk about how fun baseball was. That inspired us to do what we do. Not hearing people talk about, like, labor. Like, I don't give a crap about that. <laughs> and, like, if you're 8 years old or 10 years old and I want to be a great baseball player, I watch baseball for fun, and somebody starts trying to tell you about how much CBT? Dude, what? Yeah. Get out of my face with that. So, like, doing episodes like these, like, I don't want to do this at all. It's bad. It's like – and. Baseball should be so – or owners and MLB should, like, be ashamed of, them, of themselves. I'm going to put a shame on them. The fact that their sport is, like, being talked about it the way it is right now and today. And, like, it's so upset. We're supposed to be a baseball is fun podcast. Instead, we're talking about how much money people make. Yeah. 
the arbitration luxury tax pool is a fun thing. Let's talk about it. Doesn't I still have the don't same. Know, but what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It also doesn't help that we're idiots. So we're really just blind out here. Oh my god! If I see one more tweet with more than two numbers in it, I'm gonna shoot myself, dude. Yeah. I can't. I don't. I don't care. I really don't care. Just stop. Stop with it. Nobody cares. Like, play your players, owners. Get your stuff together. Do we have any optimistic spin to end off and leave with? Like, I do. Uh, I think that the lockout, what we're happening now, I think it could be good long term if. The players get paid properly, and there's a fund or something that incentivizes and helps people, players long-term play the game and mm-hmm. make enough money. Like, on the field, I do think that helps the fan. Like, I'm not just talking about the player salary. Right, but again, yeah. incentivize athletes to play baseball. You want the best talent in the world, there needs to be money there for them to make and, like, sustain. So there is, like, something there. And if we get productive on-the-field changes for the next five years, I think there is something there. Like, we can talk quickly, like the 14-team, the 12-team playoff um, format, if we want to talk about that real quick. Like 12 teams, I think it's good for baseball. I do. I think yeah. playoffs are good. Like they're entertaining. We like that. More teams make the playoffs, more market. I think 14 teams is too many. I think 12 teams is good for baseball. If we get a pitch clock, I think long-term, that's good for baseball. Banning the shift, I think, is good for baseball. I'm okay with any rule change. I don't care. Whatever makes the game more – palatable or packageable right. besides robo umpires i'm in for everything so do it so if the on-field product genuinely gets addressed in ways that it needs to i think that in a year we can all forget about this and the game will be better off for it but i don't think that's a priority right yeah yeah i, I agree with all the rule stuff my positive spin would be it's not going to get much worse than this unless this it does, does feel like but... the worst day most likely, because we don't have any reason to believe the season will be canceled yet. So I think this week is going to be, if you've been following it tweet by tweet, it's only going to go up from here soon. Yeah, I think I think Mar, I think yesterday or Tuesday of this week, we're recording this on Wednesday. So I think Tuesday was the lowest, lowest point baseball has been in a long, long time. That I yeah. think that was the worst, the worst day, and. It should only go up from here because every day that passes, owners have to and players will have to negotiate more seriously. They will. It's just like right. nobody wants to miss a full year. There's a ton of money on the line, and any sort of risk of losing a season is not something that they will do or the owners will do because at the end of the day, money, playoff dates. But I do think that we're going to get like a 12-team playoff from it, which I do think could be good. I think people will like that. I think fans yeah, will enjoy I, it. So if I, you, that's exciting to talk about. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about the – Universal DH and the 12-team playoff and all these things that people kind of have forgotten about that will be fun. Like, the day before the season starts, we'll be hopping on air and being like, oh, there's 12 playoff teams this season and doing all that fun stuff. Let's end. Okay, end the damn thing. This is the worst. Guys, again, remember, baseball is still a fun sport. MLB owners just suck, and that's kind of where we're at. We're not done, though. We'll keep doing this weekly, guys. We'll try to bring some positivity in your life. I promise this will be the only really, really sad episode we do. It's because we're sad, and we're not going to lie on the mic. Okay, we do sometimes about mm-hmm. spider attack, but yeah. nothing else. That's the only thing we lied about. <laughs> only right, guys. thing. Only thing, I swear. All right, guys, we'll see you guys next week. As always, again, thanks, Manscaped, for sponsoring this episode. Patreon.com if you guys want more bonus content, extra episode a week, a lot more fun, a lot less sad than this one was. So we'll see you guys there. Take it easy and stay chilly. Goodbye. Goodbye.